Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lent. I'm your host, James Lampion. And my guest today is one of my good brothers. He's a good friend, and I just love coming to him for good insight. Mr. Jay Foster, thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks, James. I appreciate it, man. Always great having a conversation with you. Uh, anytime we connect is always a good time. Hey, man, look, I, I, you you reached out to me, man, and I was like, man, this would be the perfect time to asking to be on the podcast because what's crazy was I really was thinking about asking you, but I hadn't heard from you in a while. And I was like, yeah, but it's good that you reached out. And also while it's on my mind, thank you for reaching out because, you know, a lot of people know, you know, the divorce I went through and stuff. And Mm -hmm. though we're good friends, we don't talk a lot, but I really appreciate you reaching out to see how I was doing. So thank you. Oh man. Absolutely. Absolutely. The thing that uh, I've learned more recently is, is that, don't assume that everybody is okay. And even if they say they're okay, press a little harder um, to truly kind of get a sense of where things are. And as men, especially, um, you know, we got to reach out, connect, support each other, you know, check on each other, check in and see where our temperature is. So that way we can uh, know that we're not alone and know that we don't have to have all of the answers. And and there's a support system out there to figure it out uh, that may help. Now, I'm glad you, we just going to get right into it because I'm glad yeah. you said what you said because you asked me how I was doing and mm-hmm. I said good, which I really was. Yeah. You asked me a very interesting question. You asked me, did I find my paradise? Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. Like, <laughs> I read the question. I was like, oh, shit. This is a little bit more than what I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't know how to answer it. I was right, like, right. And I, I think I did ask you, like, well, how do you define paradise? Right. How do you, de- before before I take my answer, how do you define paradise? Uh, paradise is literally a environment that you're in where creativity, peace, uh, awareness, and exposure all exist in that, uh, in that uh, environment, right? So uh, the thing that that really kind of triggers me uh, when when you ask people how they're doing is that, oh, I'm in a good space, right? Mm-hmm. A space is confined. It's literally, you know, it could be a room. It could be, uh, you know, an area. It could be, you know, something where, uh, or just a mindset, like, oh, I'm in a good space. But it doesn't really create the creativity. It doesn't allow for the creativity and the peace and the calm and the uh, awareness of how do I get to a state of being positive and being happy and being, you know, kind of joyous to a certain extent consistently. Right. Uh, and that's why I wanted you to, to, to or I was pressing to say, did you find your paradise? Because a lot of people will say, well, I'm in a good space. I got a bed. I got a stove. I got a I got a bathroom. I'm in a good space, right? But that's not paradise. That's not what you envision when you sleep at night. That's not the circumstances in which you ultimately wanted to go for as a child. So that's why I asked you, have you found your paradise? And then the second part of that is is that, do you live there? Uh, Is the the other part of the kind of framework of the question that I was asking you. Okay. And I answered it. Yes, you did. My answer for the listeners, right? It was no, and I wanted it to be clear to him. It wasn't because of the divorce. 
Mm-hmm. It was more because of other things like careers, uh, where I want to be, where I feel like I should be. Mm-hmm. So that was the answer. That was the reason that I gave the answer of no. Right. And and let me even say thank you for asking me that question because it's not too often, and I, I really can't think of a time where a person asked me how I was doing while also challenging me to think about the answer before I gave it. Because <laughs> right. I'm going to be honest, you'd be so used to just saying, oh, I'm good, you know, because, you know, so, like, I can honestly say I, I am, ironically, I gave you that answer. I'm in a right. good space because I, I am in a good space. Mm-hmm. But I'm not in that paradise that you speak of because, no, there's things that I want to create that I haven't done. There's things that I want to see happen that haven't happened. And I don't have the, because of my, because like the everyday life, I don't Mm. have the energy and time that I want to create the way I want. Mm. So that's why my answer is no. No, and and that makes perfect sense, right? Because what us as as friends and associates automatically do is take the most traumatic event that you've been through and don't dive any deeper because we may not have the emotional capacity to hear the answers, right? And if we already address kind of like the elephant in the room, then we basically try to, we default into, okay, well, let's not talk about it. Let's not dive any deeper. Let's not, um, you know, explore this uh, this event or, you know, associated events any deeper because all it's going to do is make me sad and be reflective on my own life, where I, where I am and what I'm doing. And I'm not trying to do that either, right? So I always encourage people, especially my friends, is to, all right, let's drill down a little bit. Let's go a little bit deeper because, yeah, you could be in a good space. And I believe that you are. I believe you to be your honest, truthful man. Yeah, you're in a good space, right? But there's other elements that would add that if addressed, fixed, worked on, what have you, would put you in a happier uh, place more consistently, right? And you would say, okay, well, now I've reached my paradise. Like for me, it was it had a lot to do with you know, being in a space where I had options, right? I live in Miami now. So I have options. I could go to the beach. I could go to a restaurant. I could go to a nightclub. I can eat diverse food. I can speak multiple languages. A whole bunch of people here to speak multiple languages, right? So my exposure is constant. I I am not, I have not perfected this area or, you know, this this space. And it's created a paradise for me where I'm always stimulated. I'm always having new ideas and fresh concepts and different learning, different cultures in my mind and, and is constantly expanding and I'm surrounded by it. Right. It's not something that, oh, I got to go get a book or, if, you know, I live in you know Baltimore where I, where I used to live at, um, where I have to go seek that out. And my environment isn't conducive to having those new experiences and those new exposures consistently. So that's why I asked you, okay, where are you in paradise? And then you made mention of, okay, well, I'm not necessarily where I want to be. And these are the things that I want to work on or, I, you know, want to spend some time on to get me to that paradise place. Right. 
Um, and that's that's very, very important as we, you know, check in with, you know, friends and relatives and family members is to just don't leave it on the surface. You know, um, I, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, I lost both of my parents since the last time we spoke. Right. And a lot of times people will take that grief with them. Right. And carry it on their shoulder or their back or what have you. Right. And not realize and do the work necessary to identify where they are. Right. And not put in the work to get to a better space, because what people expect is that you're grieving today, you grieve for a little while. And then after you grieve, you're automatically happy. No, there's a whole range of emotions that you got to go through before you get to that happiness place. And when you get there, you start assessing things differently and you start understanding the makeup of who you are as a person and what you need and what you need from other people in order to contribute to that paradise place where you, where we ultimately want to be. And uh, that's why I asked you, did you find your paradise yet? Because that would inspire or motivate you to say, okay, there's still work to be done, right? I've, I've addressed the big part, right? And I can make peace with that and get to a place where I'm peaceful and I'm in a good headspace from that. But I also need to figure out how do I get from, how do I address the other things that could uh, contribute, what I call contributing factors to that's restricting me from getting to that paradise. How long have you been asking people that question? Uh, probably a year. I would say a year. Has there ever been a time somebody gave you an answer that you wasn't prepared for? Um, not necessarily. No. So every time that I ask somebody that question, they give me the same response that you did, which was, <laughs> "What are you talking about for real? Like, <laughs> what?" The paradise what do you mean right and then when i explain it to them they start looking at they start pointing the mirror at themselves and start looking at the entirety of their environment right and that's really what it's about is that the entirety of your environment and is the environment supportive constructive uh to give you the experiences and the exposures necessary to create that euphoric place or that happiness constantly right so that way you can have a good attitude when you go to work. So you can have a good attitude when you talk to your kids. So you can have a good attitude when you talk to your significant other or, or whatnot, how you can, you know, motivate and inspire and lead people. You have to be in that space consistently in order for that to happen. Because if you're not and you're just in a good space, then you're only dealing with one component of your life and you're good with that component when there's all these other components that are centered around it. You want to look at it like kind of like the solar system, all of these other components around it that's not being addressed. Have you found your paradise? Yes, I have. I have. I, uh, it was uh, a lot of things that uh, I had a unique perspective on in my life um, that I had to look at differently through a different lens, right? And some of the things that I learned was, was that your perspective in the story that you ingrain in yourself is the narrative that you carry. And if you do not come to uh, trust or 
come to assess that story and figure out where that story is populated from uh, inside of you, where it's stored, the root of it, and how that perspective uh, may be different amongst different people, then you'll never get to you'll never get to a, a paradise type place because you'll just carry that narrative with you constantly over and over and over again throughout your life because you never really addressed that issue. Uh, for me, it was, I wanted to, I felt like I would have been, initially, I thought, you know, when I, when I lost my parents, um, I became an adult orphan, right? If, if you don't know what that is, Google it, it's very powerful, but it's the truth, right? So, what happens with being an adult orphan is, is that a lot of the things that you get from your parents is confidence, validation, direction and guidance and approval. Right. That's what we innately as humans and, and children want from our parents. They protect, they provide, they give us these kind of fundamental antidotes in our lives day in and day out. Right. But when you don't have that sounding board anymore or you don't have that uh, connection to those sources anymore, you have to come up with all of that stuff on your own. Right. And you will start to seek validation, approval and all of these other things from people that uh, occupy your world or are in your relationship sphere. And that's not what they're good at. That's not their purpose. That's not their role. That's not what they signed on to do. Right. So we start to lean in heavy on people who and we uh, don't communicate that that's what we need. And we don't go out to search for the a new source of it. We basically just fill it in. Right. So like, um, you know, my mom used to be very encouraging, like, you know, I birthed you, boy, you got this, right? Uh, my dad used to be very wise with his words and selective, right? Um, and when they passed, I struggled with the fact that I didn't have those pieces in my life to give me encouragement if I had a bad day or, you know, motivate me when I was feeling bad or take in my perspective instead of listening to everybody else's um, perspectives and, and, and challenging me when I did something wrong, right? I didn't have those things anymore. It's like a dog off of the leash, right? Um, and you could go completely crazy if you don't hone in on, okay, well, well, what is, who am I? What is, what am I? What am I about? What is my, what is my dream? What is my goal? What is my aspiration? And, and, putting yourself in that space to create that world that you really need to be able to be that person, whoever that person is consistently. What type of work did you do to create the paradise that you're in now? Uh, I read a lot of um, mindset books. So um, being in Miami, you know, you have uh, a couple of different ends of the spectrum and don't, don't criticize me, everybody. I, I haven't been here that long, but, uh, but I, I, I'm a very observant person. So I kind of, I kind of get the gist of stuff. So there's a lot of what I would consider um, bloviating or, you know, b boasting, ego boosting, um, fakery, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
that happens. And then there's also a side of uh, this area where it's really into peace and retrospect, you know, uh, retrospection and, you know, healing and deep um, thought and meditation and words of affirmation, stuff like that, right? Because you have things that are in your atmosphere that help to support that. Like, for instance, um, it's nice weather for the majority of the year, right? Outside of hurricane season, it's nice weather for the majority of the year. So it's always acceptable to go have a walk, go to the beach, you know, go to a pool if you live in an apartment or a condo, um, go on a boat ride. These things are at your disposal and right in front of you to provide that peace and clarity for you. I don't have to go on vacation to do it, right? So I found a place that had the environmental elements that I needed to, if I struggled, if I was having a bad day, or I, you know, missed my mom or my dad, or someone's working out in a with a relationship or with people or my kid or what have you. I had the environmental elements, the atmospherics around me that I could say, okay, I'll just go to the beach and sit and look at the ocean for a little while. And that'll be that'll be my meditation to center me. And now that I've been centered and I have my meditation and I thought about it, listened to some music, maybe had a nice drink, who knows? Um, now I can go back into the situation with positivity and a clear mindset of what I want the outcome to be and what I how I desire to handle not only the situation, but how is that reflective to contributing to my happiness in my space? So that's why I meant by like creating that, creating that paradise, like have you found paradise, which is the environment? And do you live there? Because a lot of people know where paradise is, but they don't live there. They visit there. They go to it every now and again, but they don't live there. You know, and, you know, we may mention in a couple of interviews in the past, like travel is really, really big for people. Um, and, you know, my me and my friend, our mutual friend, Mike, uh, did the travel stuff. Right. And what I realized was, was that everybody would put all of their work and energy and money and time and all of these things to go on vacation to a paradise. Right. And they would only go there temporarily and then go back to that space. Right. And then be miserable again a week later, two weeks later, because they wished that they still had those things at their disposal and around them. So they've been to paradise. They know where it is, but they don't live there. And I decided to not only find it, but live there. How long did it take you to find your paradise? Uh, I'm still, I'm still putting the, the fine tune pieces to it. I would say um, about six to nine months of really going to the the bottom of the bottom in your emotional space and then figuring out the things, uh, figuring out yourself, right? Truly being honest with yourself and also getting the collective feedback of other people, right? Because sometimes you don't know what you project. You think you know what you project, but you don't know what you project. So 
getting the collective feedback of other people, trusted individuals to give you some retrospective of, you know, I know you say that you're really smart, but when I talk to you, you don't sound very intelligent, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to be able to understand what the world and the universe is giving you and what you're putting out, right? So I viewed, I came to this realization maybe about nine months ago about from, in, and to, right? So the from is the scenario, right? We we go through all of these different scenarios in our day-to-day life, and that's the intake. Where does it come from, right? Where do I get my, you know, my bald head from? Where do I get my eyes from? Where do I get my, you know, the way that I talk, the way that I articulate myself from? Where do I get my height and my weight and all that other stuff, body type from? Then the second phase of it is the end. That's where we put in storage, our memories of those scenarios where everything came from. Our memories, our experiences, our you know, our triumphs, our disappointments. And we all put that in storage inside of us, right? Now we got things, we know where it came from and it's inside of us. Now it has to go to someone, somewhere, something, right? So if we don't do the, if we don't understand where it came from, how, and then we don't understand and look into how it got inside of us, and how we process it and store it and utilize it and call upon it, then every time we will never realize what we're doing to other people or loved ones or friends or coworkers or bosses and all of that other stuff because we didn't do the other two phases of the work, which is where does it come from and how are we holding it inside of us? We're just going to start giving it to everyone, not realizing, maybe not realizing, but I would say not realizing what we're doing to people. And if you ever, you know, all of us have been in arguments before and usually at some point in the conversation, it's why did you do that to me? Right. And if we don't ask ourselves what is inside of us that made us do that and where does that come from? then we have not committed to doing the hard work necessary to become a better person. We're just going to say that it's every it's everybody else's fault because you did this to me. Right. And uh, that that's the response part of it. And, and we don't uh, if you're really in a peaceful paradise type place and you live there, you'll be more mindful of what you do to people because you'll know where, where it's stored inside of you and where it came from, and you'll address it. Is it possible to lose your paradise? Yes. Yes, because if you are consistently focused on growth, you'll expose yourself to new world, new levels and new challenges, and you basically will be creating a version of paradise on that level, right? So we were all kids at one point, right? Uh, Our paradise could have been, you know, our neighborhood or our block, or as long as a couple friends are here, I'm good. Right. Um, and as you get older, you maybe go to college, you do, maybe you don't, maybe you travel, maybe you do something else, 
And now you expose yourself to a new level of what paradise could be. Now you take that and you challenge yourself and you should challenge yourself to figure out, well, how do I create it at that level in that space? Right. Um, Because paradise for me, 10, 15 years ago, isn't paradise for me right now. Right. I was in a I've seen paradise at, you know, 22, 23 years old. It was Miami, South Beach, um, you know, nightclubs, two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, childish or young, young adult behavior. Right. That's not paradise for me now. Right. And if I were to go back to that, I would be losing my paradise if I created an environment in which all of that was surrounding me. Like I live in I live in Coral Gables right now. If I lived in Miami, South Beach, that's not my paradise. And I would lose it. (laughs) I would lose my paradise that I've worked so hard to get over here. Right. Um, That I found. That's what I'm talking about. You can you can literally lose it based off of your exposure um, and challenging yourself at new levels. But you could also lose it if you don't have the if you start to uh, lose some of the aesthetics and the atmospherics that are around you, the atmosphere that you created, uh, if certain components begin to leave or not be there anymore or support you or all those other things. So you should constantly be in a state of learning and growing and creating new paradises at every level that you get to. I don't know if you can answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Sure. How how big of a factor you would say that people who don't reach their paradise is because they don't believe it exists? Uh, I would say that they it's not that they don't believe it exists. I think that they get comfortable with saying that they're in a good space mm. because they don't. If they they it's a it's a level of fear and complacency that happens as we age. It's just natural. And people do not want to reset, reconfigure, or they will, uh, it's paralysis by analysis, right? Um, Where they do nothing because they're so focused on the how instead of achieving the goal of, okay, I want to be happy. I want to be in this space and I'll do anything and everything to get there, right? Um, I think that, people will um, not only put their, that fear on themselves, but they will project it to other people, right? So um, like one of the things that when I moved here was, was like, well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to get back and forth to Baltimore? How are you going to, you know, where are you going to live? How are you going to live? Where are you going to live at? Do you speak Spanish? Like you need to learn Spanish before you do it. Like all of these things were considered to be roadblocks to help to hinder me from getting to my paradise. Instead of saying, well, you know, you can learn Spanish while you're there. You know, there's airports and airplanes that take you back and forth to Baltimore. Right. So you can see your kid. Um, you know that there. instead of focusing on. What I could do people were suggesting, and even in my own mind to a certain extent, um, was focused on how and not putting enough confidence in 
the ability to learn and the ability to to grow and the ability to expose myself and gain experience and so on and so forth. And being patient with the incremental steps of that growth instead of just saying, you know what, you can't do it. It's not good enough. Um, You might as well just stay here because this is good enough. It's never good enough. You shouldn't settle for good enough because you'll, we all get to a point in our lives where we really can't do anything about it physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all those other things that we can't create that paradise or live in that paradise. And we will sit in the hospital bed or wherever, you know, we are confined to that space and be in regret. And we will literally, we could literally get to a point where we depress ourselves into death, which is tragic and tragic in its own way. What was the hardest part for you to reach your paradise? Figuring out that I had to, that I could do it alone. Ooh. Figuring out that I could do it alone, that it was for me. It wasn't for anybody else. And as a man, as a father, that's really, really hard to, um, to come to grips with is that I need to do this for me. I need to do this for myself. I need to do this so that I could be a better version and a better uh, person and be who I ultimately want to be for as many people as I could possibly be it for. And I don't and and become that um, and I shouldn't rely on or fully depend on somebody else to provide that for me. Right. I should be able to provide it for myself, you know, and enjoy the fruits of life and living um, that are available to me for as long as I possibly can. I think uh, as we become adults, um, we don't stop and smell the roses as much because we're caught in a whirlwind of activities. You got your mortgage, you got your bills, you got your work, you got your friends, you got your, you know, people that hate on you, people that support you. You have all of these different things to distract you from the beauty of just appreciating a good sunset or the, you know, the, the, uh, the beauty of, you know, looking at a piece of art for five minutes and being able to say, Oh man, that's really cool. That's really dope. I really like how they did the, the colors and the emotion behind the painting. You know, we don't take that time to basically just go for a walk anymore, which is things that, you know, happen during COVID. Like, you know, we don't go for nature walks anymore. Right. We went we we experienced a, a whole worldwide pandemic and found an appreciation for mental health, clarity, um, you know, opportunities, uh, self-help, self-development, self-growth, self-learning. And the second that the doors opened back up, we went right back to being in a space again. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the hardest thing was just that in order, I had to be selfish. And um, selfish isn't a, isn't a bad thing. Uh, sometimes you need to be selfish so that way you can be a better version of yourself uh, and give that to other people. You know, I'm glad you used that word because I literally was going to ask that 
did you feel selfish? But you, but your answer was interesting. Mm-hmm. You said you weren't selfish, but that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'll be honest, I've never heard nobody say you selfish and not using a negative. Right. <laughs> right. Because you, you, you can't grow under selflessness conditions, right? Because everybody else's everybody else's needs, wants, desires, whatever is above your own. So how are you supposed to grow? Right? It's like trying to plant something uh, in a very confined space. If you try to plant a a plant, money tree, whatever you want, whatever you're interested in, in a confined space, it doesn't have room to breathe. It doesn't have room to grow. It doesn't get the sunlight that it needs. It doesn't get the water for to replenish itself for food, all that other stuff. If you look at just, if you look at our human condition, our mindset, almost similar to a trend, uh, to a plant or a tree, we need all of those things. Those things are essential for our, for a plant, no different than it's essential for us. So unless we decide to be selfish, then we're not going to grow. How can I grow if everybody else's problems are, are bigger than mine? How am I supposed to grow and learn something new if you know I'm not having conversations or probing questions to friends and family members of you know how are they navigating? What are they doing? How are they doing it? Um, you know, having insightful conversations about things that I've learned and share it with other people. If I wasn't selfish, mm-hmm. like you can't, you, none of us, uh, my perspective, none of us can be the true version of where we all get to where we ultimately want to be unless we're selfish. And at the end of it, the people who were selfish, they looked at it as the greats. Michael Jordan is one of the greatest basketball players ever. He was really selfish. Right. So he didn't care what was going on. Not that he didn't care. And I'm not going to make that assumption. But the people who we say are great are selfish. Mm. Kobe Bryant was selfish. Right now, when he stopped and got to a point where he could be where he could achieve all he wanted to achieve because he put it all on the line for, you know, a long length of time. Now he's this. Now he became this like dignified figure. But while he was playing, they called him selfish every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it the the, the way that we assess selfishness is at the end of the if at the end of it, are you giving are you a better person and are you sharing your wisdom, your experiences, your your uh lessons? with other people. That's how, that's why I don't view selfish as being a bad thing or a bad word because everybody who is great or not everybody, let's just be fair. Right. <laughs> but a majority of the people who we look up to are some of the most selfish people that you could, that you can imagine. Yeah. You know, and in order for us to get to the space for those people to get to the space, where they can share their experiences, their lessons, their wealth, their fortune, and all that other stuff, they had to be selfish first. 
if they were selfless, they would we wouldn't even care about them. We wouldn't even hear about them. It wouldn't be great. Yeah. I want to close with this. Because mm-hmm. you you talked about paradise is always changing. Yeah. You're always learning, you're always growing. Mm-hmm. I want you to envision what the next paradise looks like for you. The next paradise for me is being a witness to the seeds that I've planted in the, in the paradise that I've already created. So it's funny. I'm glad that you asked that because I, we we just talked about Michael Jordan. We talked about Kobe Bryant. We talked about you know sports grades. We talk about people that are great in the political you know sphere. Maybe the Barack Obamas and all that other stuff, right? I think they they had a selfishness to create the paradise that they are in, right, or that they were in, and their paradise at the next level or the highest level is that you witness the seeds of the paradise of the seeds grow from the plants while you were in paradise. Perfect example. My paradise is to see my daughter be a better version of me, of me or whoever's of her. I'll take that back. Be a better version of her, the best version of her. Right. And I would love to witness it because I realized and I would have realized in my life that I was the best version of me. And I gave that best version of me to her consistently, constantly, right? As I grew and learned, I taught her. I shared things with her. I had conversations, gave guidance and respect to her. And that is the witnessing that I feel as though is the next paradise, right? Is that I can see my little sister continue to break barriers and molds and, and, and do very well and be also in the empathetic, sensitive space where she does struggle, where she doesn't have anybody to talk to. And, you know, we both don't have our, our parents anymore that she can look to her bigger brother for guidance as a big brother. And I can witness her growth. I can witness her development. I can be the best version of myself as I continue to grow and learn and develop and share those lessons with her. So that way she, you know, can advance and I can witness it or, you know, accelerate it in some particular way. Uh, You know, I'll leave it with this line, you know, uh, you know, how Jay-Z said, well, Hope did that. So hopefully you ain't got to go through that. (laughs) Right. That's the next level of paradise to me, because if you look at the greats like even Jay-Z, right, selfish during his career, right, now he's at a particular position where he's in his paradise, he's created his paradise, and now he's selfless. He's giving game, he's helping people out, he's, you know, changing the dynamic of the culture or cultures, right, and He's witnessing all of these seeds in the interim grow to be great fruit or great trees or great plants. And then they continue to build the forest that ends up being the community and the culture and the environment for everybody else. 
So to me, the next level of my paradise is to be a witness to the to uh, the individuals, the seeds that um, as many seeds as I possibly can grow. Man, listen, I listen again. First, again, thank you for even reaching out to me. You, I know your schedule. I know how busy you are. So for you to just take the, the few seconds, the few minutes to reach out to me, man, it meant so much to me. So thank you. And also just thank you for lending your intelligence, your brilliance, your perspective to my podcast, man. It's always appreciated. Oh, man, always, man. I always appreciate having a conversation. You have a great platform, very easy to talk to, which is always a great thing. <laughs> always a great thing. And, you know, know that you have a, a friend a support system and you're not alone um, through all phases of life, right? Not just hard events and stuff like that. It was funny and I'll close it with this and I'm sure you'll wrap it up is, is that um, a friend of mine reached out to me uh, soon after my parents had passed and said, if you need anything, if it gets dark, give me a call. Right. And initially I was like, Oh man, it's so cliche. I appreciate that, you know, people say that or whatever. Um, but I responded to him. I'm going to, I'm not only going to reach out to you when it's dark, I'm going to reach out to you when it's light too. Wow. And that part is the part that really should stick. Don't just reach out to people because something sad happened to them. Reach out to them when the light is shining on them and they're in a positive place and they're in a great space, uh, in a great paradise and they live there, they should reach out for those moments too. Man, you know what? That's a perfect way to close it. <laughs> Again, man, like I said, it's always a pleasure, man. You know how I feel about you. One of the most brilliant, intelligent brothers I ever talked to. So anytime you lend your talent and, and your time to my podcast, man, it's truly appreciated. I greatly appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lent. My Facebook is also conversations with Lent. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.